Hello, and welcome to what will hopefully be uh, one of many storyteller interviews we end up doing here. Uh, my name is Dylan Workman. I'm sitting down today with Najma. Najma Syed. Najma Syed. Uh, she's one of the key organizers of last night's vigil uh, in memoriam of the victims of the Church Christ shooting. Mm -hmm. Yes? Yes. Uh, so we're just going to do a little talking today. I kind of wanted to start with... Uh, specifically our vigil here mm -hmm. tonight. Yeah. Uh, what was kind of your process of creating this? Mm -hmm. uh, and who did you bring in to get involved? Mm -hmm. And kind of how did, how did the thoughts start forming to do this? Um, so I go to university here at Augustana, but originally I'm from Minnesota. I'm from Egan, Minnesota. And we were on spring break the week of the incident. And um, people like, there's a lot of Muslims in Minnesota, so like the Muslim community came together, there were things done, we had talks. But then that Sunday when I came, but that weekend when I came back to Sioux Falls, um, there was really nothing like being done within the Muslim community or the community as a whole in Sioux Falls. And a lot of students that Monday when classes started came up to me and they're like, is there something we can do? And it was uh, dominantly like non-Muslim students who are like, how can we show our support? How can we show that we are here for you all? Like, is there something that can be done? So it was like there were students and there were people out there who were willing to come together and to show solidarity. They just didn't know what to do or how to go about it. And that was the same feeling like a lot of Muslim students were feeling, and in particular, um, one of the freshman Muslim students, Taha, he was also wondering what to do, same as I was wondering what to do. And um, as the president of the Muslim Student Association, it was, it, like, it kind of fell on to me to take ta mm -hmm. charge in a way and like bring people together and actually do something. And that Tuesday, actually the next day on Tuesday, I was just sitting and um, I was thinking, I was like, I don't know what to do. There's people who are actually, who want to come together and do something. And then Tunisia Islam, She's an immigration lawyer here, and um, her her organization, um, South Dakota Voices for Peace. Uh, she contacted me to like work together and to um, hold a vigil where the entire community to come together. And I was like, oh, it was like that kind of like <laughs> oh, moment where I was like, yes, some like finally an idea of like something we can do because it wasn't mm -hmm. just the Muslim community hurting. It was like our fellow um, Christian brothers and sisters and um, our Jewish brothers and sisters and even like the agnostic community, like um, they, they wanted to do something with us too. And um, we had the idea of throwing a vigil Tuesday afternoon and um, the vigil was on Friday evening. And those, um, those like three, four days, I kid you not, like the amount of people who helped and setting things up, it wasn't just me. I feel like it was just like the whole Augustana community just came together and made it happen, honestly, like renting space. We needed to get 51 prayer mats for uh, all each of the 51 victims, and we got like 60, 70 prayer mats donated just for the event. Like to people like that going above and beyond is what made it possible. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so grateful for that. It did seem like a yeah. lot of people had really pulled together to yeah. do individual <laughs> small parts to make mm -hmm. this happen. Right. You did, uh, you mentioned the prayer rugs there, and I did want to ask mm -hmm. you about that. Yeah. Why Why that? Uh, why did we use those? Um, so in the Islamic faith, uh, the one of the five pillars of Islam is prayer, and we uh, pray five times a day. And 
during our prayer, we pray on a prayer rug. And um, so during the attack, it was uh, in Juma, so on Fridays, it's kind of like a, a holiday for us uh, Muslims. Like uh, Friday is like a sacred day um, where, you know, um, were advised to go to the mosque and come together, and that's when the attack happened, like during prayer. So um, we, it was in D.C. like the first vigil that was held, and they had the idea of like putting candles and setting up the 51 prayer mats for each of the victims, and um, we really liked that idea. Yeah. So um, we, you know, to you know to commemorate them, we bought, um, we wanted to. To, to do the same thing, mm -hmm. but we actually took the idea and we really liked it. It was really nice. It was really nice. You know, 51 prayers for each one of them because the attack happened while they were praying. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them, uh, the, the, the attacker actually shot them while they were um, putting their head to the ground and praying to their Lord. So as people were leaving kind of mm -hmm. last night, what were you hoping that they were kind of taken away from uh, the vigil? The one... The biggest thing that, as a community, as a Muslim community, we wanted to, um, to especially during this vigil, to project is just love, mm -hmm. um, to remember and to remember those victims and to stand in solidarity regardless of your faith, religious or cultural background. And then that that's like our just reiterate that like love, come together and um, to overcome, to unite with love and to overcome such hatred because mm -hmm. to be part of such terrible like like to be in a white supremacist group the, the if you if you think about it to be a member of such groups you actually have to pay a lot of money you have to spend a lot of time you have to like donate your time you have to like it's the white supremacy groups yeah, yeah white supremacy groups like it's it's a corporation in itself where it's like almost like a full-time job i would say <laughs> and to dedicate that amount of time money and energy i just i, I it's unfathomable the amount of hate that fuels that it's to, a waste literally like how much hatred is it within you to hate the other or to feel like you're better to put in that much effort and um so it's really important for us to unite with love and um the candles we we lit and the candles on each prayer mat was kind of to symbolize a light a light to overcome that darkness mm -hmm. yeah i really like that but it, it was a it was a powerful message last mm -hmm. night being there Mm -hmm. um, and hearing people kind of reflect on that. I did, since it kind of sounds like we're, uh, we're moving that in that direction a yeah. little bit, I did, the next part, I, I really did want to talk about the big picture here, you know, um, the big picture globally, but also the big picture here. Um, do you think, uh, there is, uh, a, either a white supremacy or, uh, sort of Islamophobia issue right mm -hmm. here in South Dakota? Mm -hmm. I think um, that is an issue that's prevalent worldwide. Everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. honestly. Um, me, personally, I have not experienced that here in South Dakota, um, but I've seen white supremacy rhetoric on campus, especially mm -hmm. my, uh, I believe it was my sophomore year where, um, during the, or freshman year, actually, during the Trump elections where there's a lot of white supremacy rhetoric all over um, 
campus, and it wasn't endorsed to anyone on campus, it was just the community within Sioux Falls, some members felt the need to um, posit that everywhere and so that mm -hmm. to recruit people. And it's, it, it's, it's something that's prevalent and it's an issue that we have to overcome with, with love. And I feel like, um, especially where Sioux Falls in South Dakota is located, it's not an area where there's a lot of Muslims, there's a lot of diversity. So a lot of, um, a lot of the times, people come from backgrounds where they've never encountered or met someone that looks like me, especially at Augie. Like, a lot of the students that go here, the, South, Sioux Falls is the biggest city they've ever been in or lived in. Mm -hmm. Whereas to me, I'm like, Sioux Falls is really little. Like, this place is tiny. <laughs> you call this big? So it's, they come from rural areas, like farm areas, where they don't know a Muslim person. I am minority, stacked on minority. I am a woman, I am Muslim, and I am African. So for them to see someone like me, it's like, wow. And a lot of the misconceptions and a lot of the stigmas um, that they see mainly comes from media, because that's their only source, because that's the only place they'll ever see someone who looks like me or ever hear about a Muslim. And when media, the only image it's putting out there is terrorism and associate Muslims with terrorism, because not all Muslims are terrorists, just like how not every um, Caucasian person is it's not part of the KKK. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's like there's that lack of education. So when I came to the first time I visited Agi, I was called someone this old woman, she's, she was like, she was trying to compliment me, but she was like, oh my God, you look so exotic. And I, I, didn't, I didn't know what that meant. I felt mm -hmm. like I was at a zoo at that moment. <laughs> I was like, what does exotic mean? Yeah, what do you say? What are you? Yeah, but I knew she didn't mean it in a bad way because she was complimenting me. Mm -hmm. But she didn't know how to, you go know. Go about it. Go about it. And I think it's just that bridging that gap, that lack of education, where I, I kind of have to, the burden of representation is on me. Mm -hmm. Where I have to... Um, I have to answer questions like, this is what Islam is, it's a religion of peace, it's a religion of love, where it's not like that image that the media is portraying. So I think a lot of the stigma and misconception, especially in rural areas, comes from a lack of education mm -hmm. and a lack of encounters with people. Real encounters, yeah. though. Yeah, because then people are like, wow, you're actually much different than I imagined. You're mm -hmm. so nice. You're this. Oh, my God, we have so much in common. And um, one thing here at Augie, actually, MSA, Muslim Student Association, didn't start until uh, my freshman year, which was like the 2016, 2017 uh, year. And it was started by Manal, Manal Ali, and um, Ikram, she graduated. Um, they started Muslim Student Association. And it's, um, uh, and we hold events, we have World Hijab Day, where we uh, tell people why we wear the hijab, because again, the mm -hmm. media kind of portrays it as this oppressive thing, yeah. but the hijab is a choice, you know, mm -hmm. it's like just how you have a choice to um, be or portray yourself however you want, we have the choice to be modest. And most of the time, a lot of people choose modesty, regardless mm -hmm. of your faith background. Yeah. Um, and we hold Quran study, just like I attend Bible study with my um, group of friends. Um, a lot of my friends and a lot of students come to Quran study every Tuesday night. And we read uh, verses from the Quran, we discuss hadiths, uh, teachings from the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And uh, the, the, 
the majority of the reaction is, oh my God, we have so many similarities. What? That's in the Quran? What? Islam teaches that? No way. This, this, is, what, like, this is what I learned in Christianity. This is what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And even like from the, some of the agnostic people that come to Quran study, they have their own, philo- uh, their own religion. And I believe that everyone has their inner religion, you know, mm-hmm. that um, ha- have good morals, you know, don't kill another person. That, that, yeah. inner, that inner religion everyone has, regardless of whatever you label yourself. And they're like, wow, we actually have the same values. And it's like, it's so amazing to bridge that gap and come together. And like, it's, it's mind blowing. But at the same time, to me, I'm just like, this is something I'm used to. But for a person who doesn't come necessarily from a place where they have these day, day-to-day encounters with another person from a different faith background, even from a different race. It's, it's very like, uh, just to see the look on their face when they make a connection is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's ha- one way we can really overcome such hatred and negativity and darkness in this world. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask too, uh, kind of stemming off from that a little bit, these violent, violent acts, mm-hmm. specifically uh, related to white supremacy, yeah. uh, they're growing. Mm-hmm. We're seeing more of them globally. Yeah. Um, do you, is there a real threat to our communities here? Mm. Or is that something, is that something we should be uh, concerned with about uh, the potential for violence in our own communities? That, I feel like it's a big concern because um, those, those groups, and in particular those white supremacy groups that used to wear hoods, don't wear hoods anymore. Mm-hmm. That shame is gone. And it's really scary. And it's like, what does that mean for our world today? What does that mean in the future when those who out of shame because society used to condemn them for what they believed in or what they valued be like you're wrong how can you do this they used to wear hoods to cover up so mm-hmm. that others couldn't see them now they feel like it's safe they're open about it they're yeah. really open about it it's like we can finally come out and it's like what is fueling this like mm-hmm. what is the reason where they finally feel like it is okay and we need to ask ourselves within our communities especially not even just thinking about uh, America as a nation, you know, with obviously, um, most definitely, I think the Trump uh, presidency mm-hmm. is like pivotal in this because he, with his own rhetoric, he made it okay for such groups to, you know, they actually feel like finally we have someone voicing our our concerns. Just like, you know, with the Obama presidency, minority groups were like, finally, there's someone in our corner where Trump is like a representation of such hate groups where they're like, finally, someone is in our corner where we can finally take off the hood, you know, where we can uh, put signs up uh, to show, hey, we're better than you, even though, you know, life is not like this. And um, instead of thinking, uh, like, what is the problem nationwide? I think, like you said, Dylan, like, we should look at within our communities, like, what is wrong here, especially South Dakota, it was a red state. Like, what is going on in our communities where, where it is okay to posit such hatred, such um, vulgarness? You know, it's like, what went wrong? Like, what yeah. happened? 
you know? So uh, I know you kind of mentioned this earlier. I just mm -hmm. want to circle back around yeah. to it. You said uh, you think the best way, uh, excuse me, the best preventative measure mm -hmm. uh, for the spreading of violence, you think it's connectedness between yeah. people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's education. It's education. Like, if I educate you about my culture, if I educate you about my religion, you won't be so scared, mm -hmm. you know, because fear, when people are scared, they tend to act in... Um, <laughs> I, irrational, I, ways. irrational ways you know fear leads us to irrational ways irrational thinking and if you're not afraid of the other if you're educated if you're aware you tend to be less scared mm -hmm. you know you tend to be more accepting you tend to be more understanding you are empathetic you sympathize at that point mm -hmm. so so uh, and besides obviously preventing these acts should be priority mm. uh, but for the meantime mm. uh, what's the best way for those that are tuned in listening to this right now mm -hmm. what is the best way that we can go about uh, supporting our local Muslim communities mm -hmm. what's the best way we can do that yeah and personally speaking and I feel like from ha talking to my fellow brother Muslim uh, my Muslim brothers and sisters it's having constructive dialogue you know, talking things through. And we hold a lot of um, potlucks in our local mosques, and the community is welcome to go and attend. A lot of students from Agi have attended with uh, these uh, potlucks where um, there's a lecture from the imam and um, a meal afterwards. Mm -hmm. And that gives us the opportunity for them to uh, observe how we uh, pray and um, to, to see our humanity and I mean that like the way media portrays Islam and Muslims is very inhumane it dehumanizes mm -hmm. us but if you come to a mosque and you see how we observe prayer how we all say salam alaikum how we greet each other with peace and kindness you see that humanity and you're like wow they're just like us mm -hmm. you know so constructive dialogue is key you know, talk to us. We're not we're not opposed to answering questions. You know, like if you if you see me on the street today and you say, Oh my god, I really love that um that's what a lot of people say, oh, and they just circle around their head because they don't as know. As emotion, sure. And I'm like, hijab. And they're like, hijab, you know, like what is that? And I, I love I love when people ask me questions. You know, I love answering it and I love um how they want to know. Do you think, uh, so uh, this was one of many vigils mm -hmm. that have been held yeah. over the past week. Yeah. Um, do you think this is something that's going to be able to stick in people's minds uh, mm -hmm. and really bring about some sort of long-lasting change in ideology Definitely. across the board? Definitely. And um, the way New Zealand, um, the Prime Minister of New Zealand responded to this attack and as a nation the way they responded definitely set an example of how we should condemn such terrorist acts and such terrible rhetoric and views and to come together in solidarity and w with love mm -hmm. you know it set an example of like what we should emulate to when such disastrous things happen and um, this vigil i think as it brought different groups of people from different faith backgrounds together, uh, it, it really showed, it really showed us, especially us, the Muslim community here in Sioux Falls, that we have, 
you know, just as there's people who are fueled by hate, we have people who are united with love, you know. It, it showed us that we have, you know, just as many people in our corner. Mm-hmm. I, I was surprised <laughs> last night because yeah. oftentimes, even living here, mm-hmm. oftentimes I kind of picture South Dakota as this very closed mm-hmm. off, very, uh, well, non-diverse, yeah. <laughs> you know, state. Yeah. And I, I will say I was, I was impressed by the uh, diversity that, that was Definitely. there last night. I actually, I think that's all I have uh, on my question sheet here. Is there anything else, uh, any other ideas you'd like to express or shameless plugs? Anything, anything you have going on the world needs to hear about? Um, so, uh, Quran study. We hold Quran study every Tuesday nights here in Augustana at our wonderful interfaith room. Um, Tuesday nights at 5.30 and everyone, anyone in the community is more than welcome. And um, we welcome, matter of fact, the people to come and have good questions. A lot of our questions are, tend to be more philosophical arguments and mm-hmm. uh, theological arguments. It, it's fun. It's great fun. I enjoy it. And we have chai, so I'm shamelessly advertising that. Again, once again, I really, really, really am so grateful and I'm so thankful for the Sioux Falls community that came together yesterday. And our hearts are hurting. Um, by the number of faces and by the number of people I saw crying. It wasn't just Muslims crying. It was our fellow, um, all of our fellow Christian brothers and agnostic brothers and sisters who were crying with us as well. And um, it just showed that we stand with with New Zealand and um, the victims of the Christchurch shootings. So um, I'm so grateful for Mm -hmm. everyone who showed up yesterday. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Najma. Uh, and thank you guys to listening and supporting Storyteller Media. We do really appreciate it. Uh, have a good night.